It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Miami Dolphins have hit the road and are getting ready for two joint practices with the Houston Texans. We have you covered with the primer here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis because it is your team every day. We don't just say we live it. Uh, Today on the show, uh, we are going to be previewing the Houston Texans in which the Dolphins will have three run-ins over the course of this week. You have joint practices on uh, two days this week, and then you have the preseason game on Saturday between the Dolphins and the Texans. So we figured we'd get you familiar with what the Texans have as a roster uh, so that when the practice reports come out and we see what inevitably trickles out from practice. We'll have proper context on who the Houston Texans are as football team at this stage. Also, the AFC East made a couple of moves last night. Ezekiel Elliott signing with the New England Patriots for one year up to $6 million. And Dalvin Cook finally made his long-awaited decision signing with the New York Jets in a one-year deal worth $8.6 million. We'll talk about that later in the show as well, but let's start with the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans offense, uh, big picture com- comment on the Texans. First this is the first time in about three years. And it feels like the Houston Texans uh, are a team and a franchise with a direction. Uh, they, their previous two seasons had uh, coach Cully and coach Lovey Smith, one and done head coaches in consecutive seasons, uh, they, they hired D'Amico Ryans. Uh, they made a commitment to a quarterback with C.J. Stroud. They picked, obviously, two and three in this year's NFL draft, drafted Will Anderson as well. Uh, so D'Amico Ryans bringing kind of the San Francisco defense identity to Houston. They hired Bobby Slowick, who uh, is kind of off the same branches of trees as Mike McDaniel from the Shanahan offense. They're going to run something similar that's timing-based and zone rushing. So. Uh, you can kind of start to see for Houston for the first time in several years uh, what the idea is on who do they want to be, which is a step in the right direction. Now, you pair that with what their strategy was in free agency this year, and Houston brought in Robert Woods. Houston traded for Shaq Mason. Houston brought in Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz. Um, This is a team that brought in Jimmy Ward. This is a team that raised the floor of almost all of their position groups with like established adequate level NFL starters at worst in the room. Uh, So that for Houston, uh, I'm expecting a competitive week from that 
standpoint. Now you get into individual matchups and, and there's a couple things that we need to acknowledge, including this courtesy of Aaron Wilson uh, on Twitter yesterday, Houston Texans who did not practice yesterday uh, included Will Anderson. That sounded like it was just a maintenance day. Hassan Ridgeway, Christian Kirksey, linebacker dealing with a hamstring issue. Brevin Jordan, a tight end dealing with a hamstring issue. Dalton Keene, Brandon Hill, safety, liked him in the draft process. Uh, that's another player that's dealing with a uh, hamstring issue. Uh, Thomas Booker, defensive lineman from Stanford, was a rookie last year dealing with a wrist issue. Titus Howard, the starting right tackle that got paid like $18 million per season on a new contract extension. He had hand surgery, so he will be out throughout the entire week of this showcase between these two football teams. Backup quarterback Case Keenum dealing with a leg injury, and then Jared Wayne with another hamstring. So, Quite a bit in the way of hamstrings uh, for the Texans. Uh, for players that did not practice, hard to say which of those definitively uh, will and will not practice throughout the course of this week, but you look at, at this collection of talent. And this conversation starts with me for Houston offensively with another good test for the Dolphins' defensive line. You acknowledge Titus Howard's not going to play this week. Laramie Tunsil, he's a top three left tackle in the game of football, top five maybe, another big, the big gripe is still the penalties there, but uh, very well compensated and a highly, highly, highly gifted player. And Dolphins fans owe him a lot of thanks. He's still holding down the left side for them. Second year, first round pick Kenyon Green at left guard. They have a day two rookie in Juice Scruggs slated to start at center for them. They traded for Shaq Mason from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he's getting a little long in the tooth, but is still a very good starting guard. And then you've got Charlie Heck, Greg Little, Austin DeCoolis stepping in uh, as guys that are, are going to take some probably some snaps at that right tackle spot in the absence of Titus Howard uh, throughout the course of this week. So you expect between what the performance has been for guys like Phillips and Chubb and you can put Ogba in that group if you'd like and Van Ginkle and Malik Reed, all these edge guys, whoever's rushing off the left side of the defense against those right tackle replacements, that's where your expectation should be. There's going to be a lot of pressure on a young quarterback in C.J. Stroud. And I think when you put C.J. Stroud into this mix, right, like Davis Mills was a uh, mid-round selection. He's kind of shown a little bit of flashes uh, throughout his time, but the investment's in C.J. Stroud. That's going to be their guy. Stroud in the preseason debut. Um, looked very delayed in his execution of reads against the New England Patriots. So when you get into team drills, how much are you, how much are you going to show CJ Stroud? I'm fascinated to find that out because this is a Dolphins defense that has been thriving over the course of the past two weeks, really feels like they are gaining momentum and there's a lot of hands getting on balls and a lot of disguise coverage and, you got Javon Holland making big plays in the last couple of days of practice. You got Noe Benogany making interceptions in two consecutive days of practice. Uh, it, Cam Smith's been out there. Doesn't sound like you're probably going to get him in, in the live contact settings. Might be a red jersey situation when, when they go to practice against Houston. You obviously have Xavier Howard with his ball hawking skills. Like the expectation for me is in team settings. Miami's going to get some hands on some balls. Now, when you are in your wide receiver DB one-on-ones against Houston, 
Houston's got a nice room. I don't think they have the size mismatch that felt like Miami really struggled with uh, throughout the course of the week against Atlanta. It's such a dramatic change of pace uh, for what they had uh, trying to cover Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Braxton Berrios, and that, that slew of guys. Um, their wide receiver room, Tank Dell, is a rookie from Houston, and he's undersized, but he's super electric. And he's probably the most high upside player that that the Texans have in the passing game. The fact that he his style of play mirrors more of what Miami has seen in Waddle and Hill, I'm really interested to see what kind of success they have defending him. But you get through that, and it's John Mechie, former Alabama wide receiver, who missed last year with leukemia and is back and caught a pass in the preseason game. He's another kind of short area agility, uh, quick-footed player, but he at Alabama struggled with catching over the middle of the field, and I don't think he's necessarily going to be a big-time outside receiver. They do have some size with Nico Collins and Noah Brown. Noah Brown, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, has been like a bottom-end-of-the-wide-receiver-room special teams-type player. Uh, Nico Collins from the University of Michigan is a big height-weight speed guy. Uh, So how do you... How do guys like Noah and Xavier Howard handle another size receiver that's maybe not as um, physical or dynamic as what Drake London slash Kyle Pitts slash I'd even put maybe Matt Collins right now in that bucket in. And then they have another rookie wide receiver in Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State played in a spread offense. Uh, kind of a jack of all trades. I don't think he has a true physical trait to really hang his hat on, and that's probably why he slipped a little bit in the draft, but has good ball skills and, and runs pretty well for a guy who's a, a average-sized NFL wide receiver. Uh, I'm not going to put too much stock into the running game, obviously, because you're probably going to be thumping and thudding and not going to the ground, but uh, between Devin Singletary, Dolphins fans, and the Dolphins team know quite well he played his first four years in Buffalo. And Damian Pierce, who was a rookie last year at the University of Florida, two pretty physical bowling ball type runners. So I think there's a one matchup on the line that I think is a, a blatant advantage for the Dolphins at right tackle. Uh, I think the youth of the quarterback is something the Dolphins, my expectation is they're, they're going to be able to take advantage of. Uh, I think the diversified wide receiver room, I didn't mention Robert Woods, but he's kind of a shell of what he was as his peak in in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams. Um, This is not quite the the across-the-board physicality element that Atlanta brings. So I'm interested to see how, against more different kinds of body types, they match in coverage when they choose to go man-on-man. But I'll put a lot more stock into the 11-on-11s than all the other stuff just because Miami is going to be a very zone-heavy defense, right? And then you go out there and you're going to ask these guys to play man coverage. Like in a one-on-one situation, I'm going to expect Tank Dell's going to cut up some guys. <laughs> like I'm just, just going to be honest. Uh, he's he's that kind of electric route runner and mover. So uh, I'm excited to see what he looks like. Um, but I think in team settings, expectation is the right tackle position. Uh, kind of the Dolphins' ideological approach to defense against a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. I'm going to expect the Dolphins to win those matchups. I am. Uh, We're going to continue and switch over to the Texans defense next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. 
Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we are providing you with the winners that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you are looking for a safe quarterback, to take as a starter late after you wait on the position, then you can ride with Minnesota's Kirk Cousins, one of the most consistent, healthiest, and most reliable passing producers over the course of effectively his entire career. Cousins has great weapons in year two of a pass-happier offense under Kevin O'Connell, from Justin Jefferson to rookie Jordan Addison. He'll once again drive a team that is well-loaded first at other positions. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle with eBay's guaranteed fit. Over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are available right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly from air filters to brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch the gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay's guaranteed fit. Your vehicle needs everything just one click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. So the Texans defense. Will Anderson obviously is a, a top three pick in the NFL draft is a centerpiece here. Um, his performances against the Dolphins tackles, and we'll see how much we see of Tron Armstead, but Kendall Lamb, Austin Jackson, uh, Cedric Wahey. Um, I think it's a really interesting storyline because Will, for as good as he is, the role that he played at Alabama was really just predicated on first step explosiveness. And I do think if you're able to get your hands on Will Anderson early in the snap, you can test him. I'm not saying you're going to beat him, but you can test it. And that would be my objective. If I'm Austin Jackson, say for example, and I'm going against Will Anderson, I want to take the air out of those sets early. I want to get my hands on him quickly. And I want to force him to deconstruct my block and my pass set. You have the athleticism to do that, getting out of the blocks, taking the air out of that, if you will, and getting into hand-to-hand -hand combat, I think plays into, even though it's not necessarily what we would consider a strength of Austin Jackson, I don't necessarily think right now in this very, very infant early stage of Will Anderson's NFL career, it's a strength for him either. I'd be much more leery about Jerry Hughes lingering in the background here. Um, Jonathan Grenard's another talented young pass rusher. Jerry Hughes is the guy that's long in the tooth. He played in Buffalo before, and that's the kind of player with him still being a potent first step explosiveness guy, um, but also a guy that is pretty savvy with his pass rush counters uh, that I think could spell some challenges uh, for Austin Jackson. 
so how I, I'm eager to see how Austin does about against both of those guys. But I think Anderson actually in this against logic, maybe would be the one that I, I think Austin, I think is probably prime for more success against in the one-on-one settings. Uh, but the rest of the defensive line, Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, we mentioned Grenard, Chase Winovich, former New England Patriots player, uh, Thomas Booker, who we acknowledged is a guy who uh, didn't take snaps on uh, yesterday's practice, kind of dealing with a uh, wrist issue. Uh, Roy Lopez is kind of a space eater type player up front, young player. Uh, Kurt Heinisch from Notre Dame, kind of the same thing, uh, just big bowling ball type bodies. I don't think you have the same level of stress against Houston's interior as what Atlanta gave you. Between the likes of Calais Campbell and David Onyemeta and Grady Jarrett, uh, I actually think uh, Atlanta gave you more stress with their ability to penetrate and rush the passer inside. Now, Malik Collins is still a reasonable penetration type player. Sheldon Rankin's once upon a time, very successful player. But at this stage in their careers, um, I think they're high floor players, but I don't know that they still have uh, that extra gear. And I think, you know, Lee Meikenberg was on the bike yesterday. I don't know what that means for Lee Meikenberg in practice. We heard Mike McDaniel kind of allude to there's going to be somebody else playing that left guard spot at the start, uh, kind of rotating in, getting opportunities. I'm looking at Isaiah Wynn. And if Isaiah Wynn's in there, then I really like the Dolphins' ability to match up between Wynn, Connor Williams, and Robert Hunt. I think that trio can handle this interior for Houston uh, very, very well. And even the space heater types, like Hassan Ridgeway, Kurt Heinish, Roy Lopez, I think you get movement on those guys. I think you get a lot of movement on those guys. And aside of Jonathan Grenard, a lot of the other young guys on the edge, Will Anderson uh, is up in, in the 250s now, but kind of one of the narratives was anchoring against the run and being able to hold the, the point of attack. Jerry Hughes has been a, a great pass rusher, but he's also been a guy historically who has a little bit been more of a designated pass rusher type from a body type perspective versus being a heavy hands on the edge, set the edge, turn the run back inside type of player. So I think the run game uh, for Miami this week has the ability to pop off a little bit. The linebackers behind it, we acknowledge that Christian Kirksey's dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, Denzel Perryman's a really physical player, downhill thump player, but the rest of these guys, uh, Littleton, Corey Littleton, Christian Harris is a young player kind of struggled with reads as a rookie last year and struggled with consistency of reads at Alabama. Uh, Jermaine Carter from Maryland. He'd stopped, I think, most recently in either Cleveland or Carolina off the top of my head. Henry Toho Toho. Uh, a lot of these guys are guys that thrive in space. And I think Perryman's the one player I, I think you will challenge you with how you fit him against the run and, and his ability to take blows to blockers. But you got a lot of linebackers who are best as reactive athletes in space as compared to uh, players that really plug and fit downhill and play off the of blocks with a lot of consistency. So um, I think Miami can get a lot of headway uh, on the run game this week in practice. So I will be looking forward to that. Uh, their safeties are kind of the wild card in that 
I don't want to say proclamation, but that observation. You've got Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward as two players who are very physical, very rangy, very versatile. They're pretty interchangeable. Uh, those two guys, if they end up living down low in the box, I'd be more pressed and stressed to get bodies in the run game on those two guys than I would be uh, the backside defender in the run game if you're going to run outside, as just an example. Uh, in the corner room, they've got a couple really good nickel types. Uh, Desmond King can still go at this stage. He kind of peaked with the Chargers, but I still think he can go a bit. You've got Tavier Thomas, uh, who I think is an adequate level starter as a nickel type player. I think he's he's got some uh, consistency to him. Derek Stingley on the outside, obviously a former uh, top pick in his own right, uh, is is the player to watch. Big physical. The 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 challenge with Derek Stingley is he came onto the scene in his 2000, what was it, 2019 true freshman season, and he was like a prodigy. And then the next two seasons, he struggled with injuries. He struggled with injuries and consistency last year as a rookie in the NFL. So it's been a minute since he's put together like a really good season. And I'm interested to watch Hill and hopefully Waddle, but at least Tyreek Hill against Derek Stingley because I kind of want to like, I want to evaluate Derek Stingley as a draft Nick and a guy who, uh, has an affinity for all of football and and team building and player development. I want to know what Stingley looks like against Tyree, because if if it's not him, then it's Steven Nelson, Kadar Holman, Darius Phillips, or one of these nickel guys. And I think that's a nightmare matchup for Houston. So um, we'll see who ends up dressing for the skill group for Miami. But Tyree Kill at the very least, like that's an, a matchup with Derek Stingley that I can't wait to kind of see how that one goes. I do think Miami does has a decided advantage on both sides of the football, but oh, this is a young team. They've played a very physical and by a number of reports, very scrappy training camp. Now, Houston's uh, head coach, D'Amico Rines, did come out and say that he and Mike McDaniel talked and they agreed that any punches thrown is going to be an ejection from practice. But that is an acknowledgement that I think is worthwhile because Houston's had a scrappy camp. So I think this will be a good test of patience for Miami. And I think it's going to be a good bounce back opportunity from, I think I don't want to read too much in between the lines here, but maybe a little bit of the complacency that the team did or did not show uh, against Atlanta with the first day's practice where you get into the short yardage and, and the 11 on 11 uh, and the red zone opportunities and you kind of got punked and then you had to bounce back. Uh, and, and win those periods on the second day of joint practice. So uh, gas pedal all the way down, I, I think, for Miami on both sides of the ball. I think they um, have matchups and they have enough athletes that I think will ultimately stress the depth. I think the top of the depth chart matchups, there's some pretty interesting ones on both sides of the ball as we kind of just went through. And we're going to finish today by talking about two running back additions to the AFC East, so keep it locked in right here on Locked On. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
So Dalvin Cook side with the Jets and the sun against all odds did rise this morning. I uh, wasn't sure that was going to be the case based off of the timeline last night. But um, it's hard to blame Dalvin Cook for taking a contract worth up to $8.6 million uh, from all accounts from those on the beat who had kind of gotten some nuggets. And I know Marcel uh, Louis Jacques from ESPN was one of them kind of alluded to. Uh, it's like twice in the ballpark of twice what the Dolphins were willing to offer. Um, I won't sit here and lie to you and say that it's not a bummer that Dalvin Cook chose to go to the Jets. Um, I think he's a more complete player than any of the players the Dolphins have on their roster at this stage of the game. That was kind of the entire selling point and the upside. But I, under no circumstances, would have ceded almost $9 million to Dalvin Cook. You you invested a third-round pick in, in a running back four months ago. So between the guys that, that were here last year and obviously between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, there's some questions about the durability of those players. And I get it. And I would still be receptive to the Dolphins adding a running back. But Ezekiel Elliott signing for six with the Patriots and then Dalvin Cook going for 8.6 to the Jets, that's crazy dollars for a team that we're sitting here asking ourselves questions in how eight months from now, the Dolphins are going to make all of the money work to retain their players. Eight and a half million dollars will go a long way in getting another big money contract on the books for you uh, next offseason with rollover cap if you do not use it, assuming you don't tap into that cap space to get players you currently have under contract that are in contract years, uh, a new deal. Uh, we, we'll see what happens with Christian Wilkins. I kind of, my expectation is now that that standing offers off the table, that money is freed up. Maybe you make a subsequent move. Maybe they really like Chris Brooks. I don't know. Um, it's, it's a good addition for the Jets. There's no doubt. I think the Jets are a better football team this morning than they were last night. Uh, I don't think it's enough of a needle mover versus the questions that both teams had. Uh, if you're looking at the Dolphins and Jets side by side, um, that if, if you like the Jets more than the Dolphins before this, you're going to like the Jets more than the Dolphins after this. If you like the Dolphins more than the Jets, I I think it gives them depth. I think it gives them nice peace of mind um, with the injury to Brees Hall and the comeback from that. But like either Zonovan Knight or, or Michael Carter, like th those were reasonable NFL backs. And one of them's probably not going to make the roster at this stage because they had Izzy Banacan, a big surprise. He's looked in the preseason. Who would have guessed Izzy in a band is a stud. Um, they obviously have Brees Hall. They now have Dalvin Cook. They're not going to carry five running backs. So at the cost of signing him, and yes, I understand you could say, well, you get rid of the Cedric Wilson contract. You need a partner to take that off the books. I'm not going to hold it against Chris Greer for signing Cedric Wilson the contract that he did before Tyreek Hill became available via trade. You can look at the Emmanuel Agba contract. That's one maybe you'd like to have moved on from because that opens you up for exponential more flexibility post-June 1st. I don't know what kind of offers they got. Uh, I don't know what kind of traction, if any, there actually was uh, to explore trading him. I don't know. Uh, if they wanted it to be done, they, they could have done it. Um, their conviction here from a team building perspective um, is something that they will be judged against when the time comes, which will probably be either mid season or the end of the season. 
because the Dolphins will have either had a slew of injuries to the running back position and Dalvin Cook will have stayed healthy. But I, I loved in the midst of that entire push of all of the PR that came out after Dalvin Cook finally signs. He gets his deal, $8.6 million. Wow, bravo. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, he's still not ready to go. He can't play yet. Now, he's still recovering from the labrum shoulder repair, and it sounds like it's going to be about a week or so before he's ready to get back on the field. So he should be ready to go by the start of the regular season. But that extra layer is an interesting one that we all just kind of, not we all, kind of the collective uh, network television group glossed right over <laughs> that there was almost no acknowledgement. Of, yeah, by the way, he's not going to be able to practice right now, uh, but he's he signed and, and here's a parade for Dalvin Cook for signing. I personally, for one, am glad that the saga is over. I'm glad he picked the team. Um, would, would I say I would have loved for him to pick the Dolphins? Yes. Do I think the sky is falling because he picked the Jets over the Dolphins? No. Um, do I think the Jets have a better running back room today than they did yesterday? Yes, absolutely. We'll see what the Dolphins choose to do with this money now. I think that's for me. I'm going to judge the decision not to pay Dalvin Cook an, a dollar amount that I am personally uncomfortable with myself. And I'm not like it wouldn't even be my job on the line. Um, but 8.6 is a very high amount of money. And even the base of seven, I believe, is what's being reported. It's a lot, it's a lot for another back, especially for a team that that in New York, between Brees and Izzy and Carter and Bam Knight, like they had some guys, guys that gave you good reps. It'd be the same storyline from County Miami. And, and for those of you uh, who are mad that, that the Dolphins didn't sign Dalvin Cook for this dollar amount. Just remember, there would be an equal number who would be angry if they did sign him to, to that, that the team was willing to spend that much on a second running back this offseason and not invest in the offensive line. So, like, you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. So I need to see what the money's going to go towards before I, I react and have a, a firm stance and reaction. But what I would say is 8.6 is more than I would have spent, too. So that's my two cents on Dalvin Cook. Um, glad the saga is over. Hopefully the Christian Wilkins contract saga is the next shoe to fall for the Dolphins. And we will find out, just like we will find out how joint practices against the Texans go. That's coming up this week on Locked on Dolphins. So plan accordingly. We hope to see you then. Keep it locked in here on Locked on Dolphins because it is your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. I will be back again tomorrow with more Dolphins talk coming your way. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.